Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the PH. Oh, Jesus. No, no, no. I'm kidding. Welcome to the PH and Exxon Show. I'm your host, Espo, alongside Saul and Gerald. We're brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Use that code PHNX when you sign up. They'll give you something special. I don't, this I don't know what season. absolutely getting shut down when you're trying to like talk to somebody you have interest in is in but the way you just made oh. me feel leading off the show is exactly how don't, i felt like as if i went lie. up to somebody you've been anyway. shot down before not not you, not epically shot down the way i felt like this i was like dude i had such an adverse reaction to what you just did i was like oh my god i just want to leave uh well dude I'm sure there's been women, too, that have felt that way. (laughs) Also, (laughs) we got plenty going on on the show today. There's rumors and drama and uh, and drafts. Espo, do you want to fight today? Is that what's going on? I was saying with me. Women have felt that way with me. Oh, okay. All right. Lindsay, please come back. That's fair. Please come back, Lindsay. (laughs) Saul just wants to think he's all good with the women. (laughs) No, no, no. Happily married. Good to go. I I was talking about myself. That's oh, the way okay. self-deprecating humor works. Right. Uh, so we got drama and trade rumors, and and we got a draft today. Plenty coming up, uh, and you know tomorrow is tomorrow is uh, festivus, so we will get into the airing of grievances. You can yell at me on tomorrow's pre or post game <laughs> show. All right, so but I want to hop right into this back into the drama that we talked about in the post game the other night. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, Monty Williams. A lot has been said uh, both locally and nationally about this. Is this something, nothing, or everything? Well, this is what I'll say, and I because <laughs> I already know where Gerald's going to go with this. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I'm not going to say it's nothing, mm-hmm. but I do think that the the instance in the huddle does happen very often. It's not it's not a unusual occurrence mm-hmm. to see. Um, teammates going at each other or even a coach getting on a player or whatever. Like, that's not unusual. But in the totality of the situation and who was involved specifically in in, in DA and Monty, um, I'm not going to just slough it off like it's no big deal. Um, but I will say it's just another thing for people to talk about. And you wonder, you know, how many times will you see something that people will be like, is that something? Is that something? Is that something? Before at the end, you're like, oh, shit, it was something. This whole time, I don't. I'm on, on the surface. I feel like this isn't a big deal, but again, in the in the big picture, after the off season that we just had, I can see why people would feel like it's a big deal. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to say it's nothing either, and I'm sure you might be a little surprised by that. I but am. I am. I do think it's been massively overblown, though. And I do. What bothers me more than anything is when we go to the national media to check in what they're saying. Everything that was said after the game, every explanation that was offered was not even part of the equation. Like if you want to hear what they have to say and not believe them or think that they're putting on a front or whatever, that's fine. You're entitled to that opinion. But to just not even like talk about that at all and just go back to shit that we've been talking about for months that has since been squashed, that has since been dealt with. Like it's very clear that there's an agenda or there's a certain narrative behind it. As far as like, yeah, everyone's expecting the Suns to implode. So every chance that they get where there's a little bit of evidence about discord or a heat of the moment situation like that, 
it's going to get blown out of proportion. And that's that's kind of what happens, unfortunately, when you get blown out in a game seven like this. People are going to be waiting for you to mess up. They're going to be waiting for your downfall. And that's kind of what we're seeing here. And I'm again, I'm not saying that it's nothing. I'm not saying that you even have to believe what Monty and Landry and all these other DAs had to say about it after the fact. But it is frustrating because there was a lot of good things that they had to say about that moment and a lot of things as a Suns fan that you should feel encouraged by. But instead, we just keep going back to, well, is there a problem with Monty and DA? And I don't think it's that simple. You know, is laziness an agenda? Because I think that's what the takes are from a national perspective is, oh, we heard this thing like three months ago and now we're seeing this. Oh, it's just got to be... Uh, a, a cultural disaster there you know i'm i'm not saying it, it's nothing but i'm saying those takes seem to be lazy well you, uh, well i don't know if we got the barclays sound we don't we'll okay. talk All about right. the barclays well can we yeah talk, uh, so so when charles said what he did and if you for those of you who don't know basically he said that this is a big deal and you shouldn't see this kind of thing happen on the sideline um i call complete bullshit on charles <laughs> barkley for saying that Do you know how many times that guy got into it on the sidelines with other teammates and coaches? Mm -hmm. Like, Charles, I love you to death, but that's a bad take, especially coming from him. Like, and I know it's on the list of a whole bunch of bad takes he's probably ever had. But uh, (laughs) again, I just don't see it uh, being a big deal. Again, it happens on every level. Yeah. For me, a decade ago, it would have been nothing because there wouldn't have been a camera phone pointing at the bench to catch this in in the heat of the moment, right? It, it, nobody outside of those sitting there in the arena would have sought or said shit about it, right? But it's something now because we do have that and you have to answer to it and it becomes a narrative. Do I think there's major problems between DA and Monty? No, I do not. I, I, I refuse... To, to believe there's some kind of major problem. Is there annoyance? Sure. We all get annoyed at times in our workplace. You know, Saul did it earlier when he thought I was telling him he couldn't get women uh, back in the day. Like, uh, we, was, we all... <laughs> I did not say that at all. <laughs> we, but, but I think we all go through those moments where, especially in sports, you know, and what I don't like about it is DA got hammered for not being passionate, not showing emotion, not seeming to care and sleepwalking through things. Mm-hmm. And then he shows emotion. He shows passion. He's doing it on the court, and it's he's flying off the handle, and he's yelling at Monty. This isn't acceptable. Where's the margin of error for this dude? There's none, I don't think. Yeah, and you, you kind of hit the nail on the head as far as the laziness aspect of it, too, because it is really hard. I will say this as someone who's tried to cover the league, all 30 teams, and then now is settled into a beat role. It is hard to know what is going on, the ins and outs of every franchise. There's 30 of them. It's hard enough to do it with one team on a day-to-day basis. So a lot of these national media folks are at a disadvantage because there's only so much time you can devote to every story when you're going through five or six in a given show. But at the same time, like we've got, you know, Chandler Parsons coming out of the woodwork saying there's clearly some serious issues and they all seem to stem from DeAndre Ayton. Parsons. And he's they talking all about, seem to stem well, from DeAndre Ayton. How? Which is crazy. And he's saying, you know, from what I hear, a lot of people have issues with him. I've been around this locker room. I've never gotten that feel that DA is somehow ostracized from the rest of the group or that they're not a tight knit unit. Um, and then we've got Charles Barkley and then we've got Kendrick Perkins and we're going to play that clip because he had a lot of things to say. Oh, it, it is something. It is something. It's something with the number, the guy that you drafted number one about three years ago and DeAndre Ayton and the head coach. It's not a small thing. This is a big thing, right? So this is, this fire has already been lit and I don't believe that you could put it out. In my opinion, it looked like DeAndre Ayton is the scapegoat. It looked like that the team don't have the patience for him. Whether or not he don't fit the culture of their organization or he don't go about doing things the way others do, um, to me, they seem, seem like he, they don't embrace him with open arms. And right now, I don't see no coming back from this. I actually think that when he's, when he's eligible 
to get traded, that they're gonna have to trade him. Like, this is not nothing new. So imagine if we're seeing this on camera right now, imagine what's going on behind the scenes. And I've heard Jay Crowder speak out about the situation, this situation, about how he didn't have to be that mentor to DeAndre Ayton since he's been there because him and Monty Williams haven't seen eye to eye. We, we saw this offseason, the contract negotiation and how they went all the way to the end of the deadline. Like, it's a real problem now. Mm. And the only way to fix the problem, you're not going to fire Monty Williams because that's Devin Booker and Chris Paul guy. So you have to get rid of DeAndre Ayton and send him somewhere where he's going to be accepted. Is, is Kendrick doing one of my tinfoil hat clubs where he's trying to connect dots that don't really connect? I just, I, I have a real problem with saying the only way to fix something is to trade him. I have a problem with saying that, like, he tied in the Monty Williams and Jay Crowder situation. Like, well, if he, if he and DA don't see eye to eye and, like, he and Jay Crowder don't see eye to eye. Like, Crowder was a management thing. That had nothing to do with Monty. Well, like, then, this is just extrapolating well, things to fit a I, narrative. I, the only thing that I would ask is, 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 is he alluding to the fact that he has talked to Jay Crowder and Jay Crowder has told him some of the things that he's viewed behind the scenes? Like, didn't sound like I, it. I, 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 that's that was the part I was a little hazy on. But outside of that, like again, Kendrick, bro, like no, no, you got into it with multiple teammates in Boston and in <laughs> OKC. Who the fuck are you to sit there and tell us that? Oh, it has to be a problem. They gotta trade him. Like no, like I, I, again. I think there's a narrative that's really, really trying to be pushed because either there's a, a, a slight disrespect for the Suns or just not an appreciation for what they did or the fact that they came up so fast all of a sudden out of seemingly nowhere in one year after getting Chris Paul and people just don't like that or they don't like Chris Paul, so they're trying to destroy everything that Chris Paul is associated with. Like, I just don't understand this narrative, and I, I swear – being a U of A fan, I know how ESPN can absolutely fuck you. Like, they just, they can. And that's what they're trying to do to the Suns. I've seen it before, and I'm seeing it again. And ironically, both situations had DA involved. Mm. Look, I think, I, I think you, you go back to... Maybe it's a DA issue with ESPN. <laughs> Maybe ESPN is salty about DA somewhat. <laughs> I, I, feel, Conspiracy theory. I feel like this goes back to laziness. For mm. a decade, the, it was easy to crap on the Suns. Like you said, they come up and they skip steps. So there's no gradual, oh, this team's getting better. It's just we went from hate, hating on them to having to act like they're one of the NBA's best. No, old habits die hard. We're going to find reasons to crap on them. Sarver made it easy to crap on the team. What I didn't like about Perk, and you talked about it, he connected management things to Monty and DA. Mm -hmm. The contract thing was a management thing. For all we know, an ownership thing. We don't mm -hmm. know who was dictating the, the price and when to sign him to it, right? There right. was the whole rumor uh, last September, uh, you know, in 2021, that DA and uh, and Sarver had met at a restaurant and there was, uh, and, you know, and, and there was some, you know, talk about the contract that didn't go well. We don't know, but saying that to Monty Williams, DeAndre, issue and and that ties into this seems ridiculous and there's a couple of people in the chat that is, that have also talked about the the coverage or lack of coverage between spo and jimmy butler and that was a pretty intense riff on the sideline mm -hmm. um and it was a blip and then it went away right and that was it how about draymond punching pool in the face <laughs> yeah, like, he assaulted a teammate <laughs> we're talking about two guys yelling a little bit on the sideline Draymond punched his teammate. Nobody cares anymore. It's all oh, Draymond's a funny guy. I, I think it's all of that. And I think above all else, you know, the laziness, we could talk about that. But two things, people love to be right and people love drama. And the NBA has a way of mixing those You're two things to two together. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Like when we look at like we hear a rumor about a player that potentially wants out. And the first thing that we do is like look for signs that like, oh, he's riffing with teammates or, oh, how can we trade him here? Like it happens for every team. But it's just annoying for the Suns because, you know, we're in it and we hear from these guys on a day to day basis and we know how they interact with each other how they feel about each other and so when there's not any type of nuance or just any type of addressing hey they actually said some really intelligent shit about a bad situation after the game 
for there to be none of that, that's the part that frustrates can we, me. Can we go back up to Jay's comment up here? He says, shit's funny at this point. LOL. It's like me saying Espo got to leave the show because him and Saul argue. Meanwhile, I'm on the outside and know nothing about their friendship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's actually I mean, exactly Espo and I exactly. probably answer that question probably more than any other question. And when we're off camera, like when we go do meet and greets, they're like, do you guys really hate each other? We're like, no, we love each other. We're like, really, really best friends off the off camera you, and even on camera it's just you know there's a stick here yeah. you you bring up what they said after mm. the game why don't we give it a little a little time talk about what you heard there after the game from the people involved yeah so i wrote about this on gophnx.com if you haven't got a chance to check it out and would like some more background on the situation but it's um, free by the way yeah it is free as well um we talked to Monty da and then landry also had an interesting quote about it when he was asked about it, but Monty was saying like it wasn't just isolated at DA. It was a whole team execution thing. Obviously, the video looks bad and it's very it's very directed at DA. So I'm not but, entirely sold on that. But when you that. put it in context of the DA and Mikhail thing, even right. the clip before. Right. It it's, makes sense. Right. Hold on. Let's step back. Monty wanted to execute the team. It was that bad oh, on the bench. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was a matter of executing on that second to last play. I think they were down five. They had just called a timeout, drawn up a play, and D.A. had forgotten to set a screen. You can see Tory Craig and McHale both kind of reacting uh, when he skipped over the back screen he was supposed to set for McHale. And then that's when McHale and D.A. started arguing about it during the ensuing free throws. They went to the huddle. That's when the argument blew up. And D.A. admitted after the game, he was like, yeah, I messed up that play. I apolog He apologized to Landry Shamit for, quote, ruining his career-high 31-point night because he messed up on that play. And that speaks to the maturity that D.A. has, the way that he's able to take constructive criticism. I know that video looks really bad, but he has never held back how he feels about a situation. He's never been nothing but honest with us. We saw it at Media Day when he was upset about the whole situation over the summer. We saw it first couple days of training camp when he talked to us and basically publicly said, yeah, I haven't talked to Monty in four months and seemed upset about it. He's not going to suddenly start holding back his feelings for no reason. There's no incentive for him to do that. If he was that upset about the exchange, we would have known. But instead, oh, yeah. he's saying things like, we weren't really exchanging words. We have family, so we know how to talk. So he knows how to talk to his boys, and his boys know how to communicate. Obviously, the whole world sees it, but it's all really love and just us trying to get back to re regroup and take out the confusion. It, I don't think this is a situation of, you know, things under the surface bubbling up and boiling over. I think it was they were pissed off because they were up by 10 on a team that had lost 10 fucking games mm -hmm. in a row and they lost and they gave up 25 points in the last five minutes. And they were in the heat of a moment and D.A. forgot to set a screen. And I think that just kind of blew up. Yeah, I mean, that frustration happens uh, in the heat of the moment. If you had to bet on this, D.A., getting moved at any point between now and the 49 days left before the trade deadline. Would you, would you bet in favor of it or against it? Well, give me some odds. Oh, oh here. Uh, right now, uh, the Shane King sportsbook app is setting <laughs> DA to be moved from Phoenix at plus 1800. 1800. Ooh, that's kind of low. <laughs> Ooh, I, I, I wouldn't take that bet. No, I wouldn't I either. I wouldn't either, and I honestly would put the percentage that he gets traded before then at about a one to five percent yeah. range. If you Ooh, use really? The, yeah, it's very. Oh, low. I think it's a little higher than that. If you use the Shane King's promo code, you can get a hundred percent profit boost and turn ten dollars <laughs> into three hundred and sixty. Though, if he does get moved, that is Shane King's, as in Shane <laughs> Space Kings, not Shankings. <laughs> which, is, which is what the people Shanking thought happened on the sidelines. Different than Shane King. Uh, Speak for yourself, Gerald. <laughs> I, I would actually. My percentage would probably be closer to about ten to twenty percent. I think mine's where Gerald's is in the off season. Mine probably goes twenty to thirty percent. Wow. There's just too many hoops to jump through. Da has to approve a D any deal that's made. You can't trade him to Indy. Like there's just uh, you know there's all sorts of things. I, I think it would be more likely in the off season if they were going to move off of Da. Plus, you got a new owner coming in, and you got to figure out what he's going to want want for his vision of the future of this team too. 
all sorts of things come into play. I just think it's pretty minimal. Uh, I think DraftKings would have had uh, you know smarter odds than the Shane Kings uh, app, but that's because the NBA season's heating up and they've got plenty. What do you think great- they would have? I think they probably would have it at plus four thousand. I think it's that unlikely, and they're gonna gonna take some suckers' money. I think is what they'd be doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, but they've got plenty of great things you can bet on right now with the NBA season heating up. And you know, I I placed a, a bet yesterday that the Suns uh, first or two days ago that the Suns' first field goal would be a three pointer. Got plus four fifty odds. Made some money off that. I love that. There's so many different options that you can bet on. Mm-hmm. Random, uh, you know, player stats, game money lines, all these things you can bet on uh, and have some fun with it. There aren't odds on Da being traded yet but maybe there will be uh, closer to the trade deadline uh, and maybe about some of these guys that we're going to talk about here shortly as well. Shane, have you had any uh, any recent luck on the DraftKings Sportsbook app? Yeah, when I was in um, the beautiful Las Vegas, I had placed a bet before I went that, um, what's his name, Sean's favorite player. on A player on the Buffalo Sabres was going to score, um, and he did. Tage Thompson, anytime yeah. goal scorer, saw it live. It was fantastic. Nice. So, yeah. That's half the fun of it. If, you, if you're going to a sporting event, or even if you're at home just watching one, you can make it more interesting by putting a little money on the line. And if you want to do that, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up using that promo code PHNX. You place a $5 uh, pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets. It's just that easy. You could pick... Uh, a, a really lowly team versus the best team in the league. And uh, it doesn't matter who you pick. As long as they win, you're going to get that $150. It's just that easy. That's code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and <laughs> eligibility <laughs> restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And uh, our friends at Four Peaks, uh, the the holiday uh, calendar is the holidays gone. Holidays are over. We we drank through all twenty four of those beers, even yeah. though it's not the twenty fourth yet. <laughs> uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, the in- enjoyment of Four Peaks beer uh, is going away because we got a great event coming up that Four Peaks is a sponsor for out at the Dobson Ranch Golf Course coming up on January thirteenth. It's the PHNX Tea Party, uh, and it's it's going to be a great event. We were out there at, at these bays on the driving range uh they've got this great technology where you can actually play around a golf in those uh in those bays it's going to be a lot of fun going to be 45 dollars per person if you're a diehard it's going to be 35 or 36 bucks for diehards 160 for a foursome 120 if you're diehard kids 10 and under are going to play free and there's going to be a free youth clinic uh, we're gonna have a watch party that night as well out there do the pre and post game show uh, and there's going to be Four Peaks beer galore out there. So come on out. Join us at the PHNX Tea Party Friday, January 13th at 530. Uh, you can find the link on our socials, or if you're a diehard, you can find that link in the lounge or in the in the Discord as well. A little Trade Machine Thursday for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have the, the cool video. Or trade Machine oh, we do. Tuesday. No, Lindsay, but we got the video at in least. her honor. <laughs> uh, and there's been there was plenty today that came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a Jay Crowder update. Uh, Gerald, do you want to give us a little insight on that? I believe it's from Mark Stein. Yeah, it was from Mark Stein of the New York Times. And he basically said when it comes to Crowder, there are three Eastern Conference teams that have been all in on him. Milwaukee, Miami and the Hawks. Uh, but he also mentioned a recent chat between the Suns and the Wizards um, that was apparently structured around Rui Hachimura uh, that the Suns rebuffed. Um, and then obviously he went into some talk about the ownership situation and how that will affect the dealing of Crowder. But um, I thought that was interesting because not long after this report kind of surfaced, we saw Kyle Kuzma tweet something like the math ain't mathin'. And he's right, because Hachimura doesn't make enough for that trade to work financially, so there'd have to be more involved Do there. we really think he read the Mark Stein report, busted out the calculator or the trade machine, and went, the math ain't math? I don't know. <laughs> Kuzma's kind of cognizant of all the Suns chatter, and he keeps tweeting about the Suns every now and then. So, And he's been tweeting some ambiguous shit for a couple <laughs> weeks now, so I'm not ruling it out. I don't know if it's directly about that, but the math ain't mathin'. So, um I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on Rui Hachimura? 
Oh, I mean, I like Rui. Mm-hmm. I just don't like him for a Jay Crowder trade. Yeah. Um, I think he's a serviceable, um, you know, bench role player, but nothing, nothing more than that. You're, he's not a starter. He's not somebody that's going to be able to give you anything sig- significant to, ch- to change the the projections of where your team is headed right now, which is not to the championship. Um, so you need something that's going to move the needle more than that. Hachi Mourner, uh, two years ago, I would have been much more interested in. Right yeah. now, I don't think he winds up in your playoff rotation. I think this is the right call uh, by by James Jones. But it does confirm that there's talks between the Wizards and the Suns, mm-hmm. and Kyle Kuzma is the guy that everybody's making eyes at. You got to wonder if that was just part of the negotiation, the dance, to try to get the Suns there and and – Hopefully, I'm I'm a fan of that one. I think of all the things we've heard, that makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, I mean, with with Rui, like he's, I, I think it said in the report that the Suns are holding out for a certifiable starter in a Crowder deal, which is good. Um, and Hachimura was that and isn't that anymore for the Wizards. I think he's only played 16 games this year. He's averaging like 12 points, five rebounds in about 24 minutes. Um, and he shot a career high 45% from three last year, but that's all the way down to 33 this year. So it might've just been a one, one off fluke on the radar there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think if that's what the wizards are countering with, that's not really of interest. Now, now if you could get both those guys well, sure. uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. as part of a J and something else, yeah. now we're yeah. talking, get a little depth. I, I, you know, honestly, like watching the wizards play the other night and I know it'd be different if he was on the suns, but I really wanted to be like, ooh, that would be nice on this team about Kuz. And it was just like, it was the most mundane, like 30 points you've ever seen. I just was just like, man. But, but we accuse Book of that all the time. That it's like, oh, that was a Are you quiet saying Kuzma 30? and Book are the same? No, but I'm saying the lack of enthusiasm. <laughs> like, we've got a guy that we've gotten, oh, yeah. So that was the 30 point performance. You told me that they're the same off air. Yeah. I, I mean, actually, you know, remember when uh, Stephen A. Smith used to say you should trade book for Oh, Kuz? God. Yeah, I do. I, that, I was right there with them. I was patting Stephen A. on the back. With that. I would still take THT for book straight up. <laughs> you sound like a Lakers fan circa 2020, <laughs> circa 2022, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I look, man, I, I like, I like. Th- what Kuz could bring. He's probably the closest thing to uh, a certifiable starter that you're going to get back in this, especially filling the power forward mm-hmm. role that you need. Uh, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not going to be choosy. That's probably the top that you're going to get. If you can get it done and not, you know, sacrifice too much future capital for it. I'm in. Right. He's been great. The problem is you're going to have to loop in a third team. Cause I, the wizards have no need for Jay Crowder. Like, that doesn't really interest them. Well, but according to that, it sounded like they were trying to get Jay Crowder. Probably so, with a draft pick attached, I would have yeah, to assume, because otherwise that'd be yeah, that just doesn't make sense to yeah, me still. I agree. Another name that, that's come up today, uh, Sean Devney brought it up, is that uh, Alex Caruso of the Bulls, a.k.a. Elmer Fudd, uh, is... <laughs> <laughs> Does he not look like Elmer Fudd in Space no. Jam? I it's said spot that before. on. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, like uh, teams like uh, Phoenix or Miami both would be in uh, in position to make a trade for him. Even maybe the Warriors uh, if uh, if he becomes available. Caruso is a guy that I think would be very interesting on this team in a backup guard spot. You I, both, we, you we both, both paused. Okay, you don't here. agree? I'm going, I was, I was just gonna say, yeah. You look at his raw numbers; they're not great. He's averaging five points, just under four assists, in about 25 minutes a game. Um, not shooting the ball terrifically, uh, but he is a really great defender. He's been shooting okay from three, 37 percent, and he's a guy that hustles. Like he's a guy that you can trust in a playoff rotation because he's been on winning contending Lakers teams before a championship team. Um, he's just not going to fix your need for facilitation off the bench or for scoring. So it's one of those things where you're kind of drafting a, or you're trading for a guy that's on a team friendly salary, but maybe doesn't fix a lot of the issues you have with secondary creation. Yeah, but we've talked about shooting. I mean, yeah. he, he can shoot from deep mm-hmm. and can play defense. I'll take 37% and be able to help your defensive rotation in a third guard spot. I mean, watching him play against the Suns, it felt like he couldn't stop anybody on the Suns when they when they were here. Now, granted, 
Devin Booker dropped a 50 piece on, on, <laughs> yeah. on the, Devin on the was the only guy doing anything but, but, in that game. But Caruso, yeah. Caruso was trying to guard other dudes too. And it, it just I, I'm I'm kind of off the Caruso um bandwagon because I thought Caruso was very, very good for the Lakers when they won the championship. And um he's had he had a good like two, three year stretch. But I feel like he's on the downward slide of that. And I, I just again doesn't move the needle at all. Like you're you're just making a move to make a move at that point. Yeah, I, I think especially if a move like that, if you're talking a Crowder trade, there there better be a no draft compensation involved whatsoever. That better be a straight up player trade. And B, if anything, the Suns should get try and get something extra on top of that, especially because the Bulls, the way that their season is trending right now, they might be blowing it up to some degree in the coming months. So there could be other guys that become available in that. I'm thinking it would be a secondary move, like you trade like a Sarich because you know Caruso has additional years. So yeah. if the Bulls get out of out of salary, maybe throw him a second round pick as well, and and you get an asset that could help you as a third guard. Like I'm not, I don't think he solves your problems, no. but I think he adds something that that could be helpful because we know depth. Uh, continues to be an issue with all these injuries and could be an issue in the playoffs because the guards on this team don't exactly have the greatest track record no. of staying healthy. So mm-hmm. so that's what I'm looking at. The biggest thing to come out today, though, mm-hmm. uh, Crispy Haynes of Bleacher Report it's says... Chris B. Haynes, not Crispy Haynes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds Crispy like. Haynes. Crispy Haynes brought like, to you by the Shankings Sportsbook app. <laughs> America's deadliest sportsbook app, the Shankings Sportsbook. Uh, Crispy Hayes, your favorite breakfast cereal, said, uh, Bleacher Report said, rival executives are of belief that Hawks guard Trey Young could be the next star to request a trade if the team doesn't make inroads come playoff time. More news and nuggets uh, is what he said. I don't need to read that part. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, I just saw nuggets. Everyone. I was like, oh, yeah. No. Uh, so to me, everybody gravitates to the, oh, could they get Trey Young? Mm-hmm. And first off, no, they don't have enough assets that they. I think they'd really be able to pull something off like that. Uh, and two, it's talking about the offseason. It's not talking about now. Mm-hmm. What I think that could mean, though, is the Hawks are in search of pieces to help them come mm. playoff time, and a Jay Crowder fits that role, maybe you could get something out of Atlanta that helps you because they're in desperation mode to appease their star. The only way this would ever be able to be executed, uh, and I don't think it will be, um, and I know you're talking about the offseason in terms of Trey uh, Young, but let's just, for shits and giggles, mm. say that there was a possible avenue there, right? The only way that would happen is if Chris Paul was involved and you basically swapped them and then whatever else you had to do to, to make the money right. Because that's the only salary I feel like and position that you would be able to justify. Because if you're the Hawks, I think you're probably saying we need consistency and we, we want somebody that's going to be able to elevate the other players as opposed to Trey Young, who's more of a dynamic individual player not so much of uplifting everybody else's game or trying to get build some continuity, kind of like what Chris Paul has done with the Suns. I would assume, but again, I, I don't know. Maybe if it was a decade ago and, uh, I trust, and Chris I, I just, was 27. I'm, I'm just saying, like, like you know. Atlanta's not trading uh, Trey Young for Chris Paul uh, in, in, in any way, shape, or form. That just makes no sense for the Hawks, you know, because yeah. they go – Hey, we're gonna trade our superstar for a window that's about that big. Oh, you know? like, I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, that's the only other. If you're gonna be in the Suns world and you're thinking Trey Young, that's the only basic way that you can get him. Yeah, because you're not trading Booker. Right. I mean, Da would have a salary that could be a starting place, but they have Capella and all this. It wouldn't make sense to trade. Uh, you know, a Trey Young for something surrounding DeAndre Ayton. Well, and it also wouldn't make sense to trade for a Trey Young and not trade Chris Paul. Well, you could get it out of Chris Paul's contract. Next year. We're talking about this year, though. Yeah, but I I still don't think the Hawks are going to move Trey Young. Which one one would you bench if you kept Chris Paul? You want to play in fantasy land? I bench bench Chris Chris Paul Paul, in this this bizarre, twisted world we're living in at that point. He he makes thirty-seven mil, and and the Suns don't have the assets to get him. Like there, they can, they could get there without, like just financially get there without including Chris Paul. But again, to your point, then what do you do with three guards, two of whom are undersized and kind of liabilities? 
on defense at the stages of their career, that would be tricky. But yeah, to your point. But we'd have the backup point guard everybody's ever been wanting. <laughs> God bless. God bless. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at the other guys on the roster that might become trade eligible just because this team will be looking to upgrade. We've talked about John Collins. We've talked about Bogdan Bogdanovich. We've talked about DeAndre Hunter, Justin Holiday. Like there's a lot of wing players on that roster that could help the Suns if they become available and the Hawks want to tinker. There's no guarantee, especially because, like we said, Trey Young, this is all just one. This is like speculation on executives parts. Like there's no substantial thing that like Trey Young wants out right now. But the Hawks are 16 and 16. They should be better than what they are right now, especially after trading for DeJounte Murray. So, yeah, that's a team that approaching the trade deadline might need to make some moves. And Collins has been frequently mentioned as a trade target. So just keep an eye on that situation is all we're saying. But it sounds like the Suns haven't. I mean, I guess that was they couldn't take the money when when Collins mm. came up. Maybe that changes with Ishbia in the fold. Uh I think I think Atlanta will make a move, whether it's with the Suns or not. So I think if you're looking at that, it's try to try to pick up pieces from Atlanta in their desperation because GMs make bad moves when they're trying to appease their uh, their superstar in a lot of cases. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you gonna say something, Shane? I was just saying this guy's right. We need Michael Jordan. Oh, oh we do. Yes. We absolutely do. Need do Michael we Jordan. do we have a time machine? Does Ishbia have the money to make a time machine and get us vintage Jordan? I'd, I'd be down for that. Uh, you know, if you believe Trey Young's uh, coming here to Phoenix, you're probably high. And we hope if you're high, <laughs> you're high on OG's brands because they are our partner here at PHNX and their flavored scratch-made gummies are the best you're going to have. I've had some uh, stanky shit in, in my time. <laughs> and OG's what? is not that. Oh, fuck. OG's has the Did best just flavor. Say- stinky <laughs> shit Shane. OG's is top notch uh, if you're can of curious I highly recommend that you go to hey. your local dispensary pick up some OG's they got some of the best flavors out there uh, their orange cream sickle is one of my favorites uh, hey, aqua Espo, berry is pretty good I don't even know if Espo knows what stinky well, shit is well, much like, <laughs> much like uh, crossover or something you describe as oh that was nasty that was stanky um, you can describe weed as that as well. So stanky shit's usually good. Well, unless it's not, and it's it's, it's got the like yeah, I know. No. All right. Well, you all suck. That's exactly anyway. what I was saying. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you think you're so much better, just go ahead. I mean, uh, hey, listen, the three milligrams, the little, the the you know the microdose, the microdose. Yeah, thank you very go. much. The microdoses phenomenal like again i gotta reiterate this if you're new to the edible world or new to the cannabis world this is a great way to ease yourself in and just you know take the edge off some days when you're feeling a little 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 anxious or whatever you know and there's other things that you can take as well sativa's fantastic uh they got the five milligram or they got the 10 milligram doses as well so you can i usually when i when i first started before they introduced the microdoses i took half um, that was perfectly fine with me. It got me to where I needed to be. It made me feel pretty good. Uh, lightened up my mood a little bit. You know, I was a little, probably a little bit more enjoyable to be around. So mm. if you want to partake in some OGs, go to any of your uh, local dispensaries. Most of them have it. They're fantastic. They're awesome. But remember, you must be 21 or over to enjoy. And enjoy I, responsibly. I have to take it to take the edge off of working with Saul sometimes. Uh, so let's. He's, uh, he's done that one time, and he was tripping his ass off. I got lost <laughs> in, in an arena. He walked around the concourse <laughs> several times and texted what am I, me, "Where am I at?" <laughs> one of my favorite favorite moments we've ever had. And you were kind. You actually were kind. To I was like, it. "I got you." I'll come much find appreciated. you. Uh, we're gonna end this. Uh, it, it's like our trying life. to find my kids in Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> I, fun fun fact, during that, I actually wound up at a stand in the concession area trying to get – I was hungry. I had the munchies. Mm-hmm. And I wound up next to Joe Lake yeah. <laughs> high off my ass. That was fun. So. Light years ahead. Yes. Meanwhile, Gerald and I were roaming around asking Woj if he would speak to us while I had food poisoning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good time. There was a lot that you, went you on had that food week. Yeah, you don't yeah. remember that? I remember that at all. Yeah. yeah. I was down for like – they don't care about this. Never mind. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey that's, that's the fun thing. Uh, you know, that's what Summer League is all about. We'll go there again in July. Look, it's our last show – a regular show mm-hmm. before Christmas. We got 
post games and whatever. But I thought, let's have a little holiday spirit. Why don't we do a draft? Yes. We haven't done one in a while. Yes. And today's draft is going to be simple, gentlemen. Mm -hmm. It's Christmas movies. All right. right? I love it. We're going to go around. The order is Gerald Mm 1, Saul 2. I am 3 here. Uh, Gerald, you've got the unenviable position of picking first because people will hate on you no matter what you do. Yes, there's no right number one pick that everyone's going to unanimously agree on. Yes, there is. There's not. For the best Christmas movie, there is not. And I know that I'm leaving a classic on the board with this number one pick, but I have to watch this movie every year at Christmas time. So with the number one pick, I am taking Home Alone first overall. Oh, okay. Not a reach at all. It's like pull something in your back, like <laughs> not at all. Yeah, for me, it's um, it's undeniably Elf. Mm. Elf is goaded. It's just, it's just such a feel good movie. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's not too serious. It's and it brings the magic of Christmas in in the world. So uh, I think Elf is just phenomenal. Ooh, phenomenal. Well, I rack him. Uh, so I got back to back picks. I like this mm-hmm. because there's two on the board that I want. I'm going to go Die Hard, uh, my first one. Okay. You can argue it's not a Christmas movie. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's got Christmas in it, and it's a fantastic film. Uh, so Die Hard is going to be my number one pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm going to take a classic number two. I'll balance it out a little bit. It's not Christmas for me unless It's a Wonderful Life has been on television. Okay, that's a good it, one. It's been around. It's a classic since 1946. Mm-hmm. It's referenced in all sorts of other pop culture. Yeah. Uh, things I love. Uh, it's a wonderful life, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, you know, it, it's just a classic to me. So much. You, you want the moon, Mary? <laughs> I'll lash on the moon. <laughs> I don't know why that turned into uh, Harry Carey for me, yeah. but very close. Uh, yeah, I've never seen it, and uh, I, the, well, actually, I watched like the first twenty minutes. I got bored, and I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. So I didn't. I've never watched Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I will. Well, that's all right. Nobody picked. I'm Miracle sorry. I'm sorry. Papers. It's a Wonderful Life. Wow. <laughs> Um, I'm going to take uh, the other goaded movie, which is A Christmas Story. Uh, like, you can't go wrong with that. Like, it's just such a good fucking movie. Ah, uh, I think that one's overrated, personally. Mm. That and the Santa think, Claus. To I me think are you're overrated, overrated, Gerald. The Santa yeah, Claus same. is more overrated to me, honestly. But by the way, uh, Brian Manuel uh, ripping my first two picks. You're dead to me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the Grinch, the Jim Carrey version, Ooh, for that, that pick. And then I'm gonna go with this is there's a lot on the board here still. I'm gonna go with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, you want to talk overrated? Oh, that oh my over, god! Of the oh, of man. the vacation no, films, oh, that man. is that is no, not, not. Uh, my top two. Oh, I'm uh, I'm right there in agreement with Espo. I think it's wow. so overrated. Wow, so overrated. It's the worst. It's probably the worst of the first uh, three. A vacation movie. Yeah, it's, it's the original. Wow. It's European, mm-hmm. and then it's and Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Goodness gracious! Vegas slaps I, too. This is disappointing because I could have got this at the very end. Yep, you sure could have. Unfortunate. Uh, I'm going to take another classic because it was uh, one of the the best animation ones, mm. in my opinion, which is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I think The Nightmare Before Christmas is fucking phenomenal. Man, that's a Halloween movie. No, it isn't. you could take yeah, it, it in is. both, and I think that is is part <laughs> of what makes it so much fun. Uh, crap. This is, this is where it gets tough. There's, uh, because this is where people aren't going to agree with some of the things you take, but apparently they didn't agree with my first two anyways. We're doing five, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're doing five. Uh, man, this is tough. Uh, I'm going to go trading places. With one of my picks. Okay. Trading That's, is that, it's I a mean, good movie. It is. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if this is like a <laughs> He dressed as Santa that's in kind the of damn a stretch film. on the whole it's s- on Christmas the, thing. It's on the Rotten Tomatoes top one hundred uh, Christmas oh, movies. Yeah. So if they show Christmas at all during the movie, then we're talking it's a Christmas movie. Is that what we're doing? I mean, I trading think places is definitely not. Give a me Christmas Harry movie. Potter. <laughs> Here we go, because it snowed. <laughs> it snowed, Take so it must want. be Christmas. To be fair, Freeform plays it all the time during the holidays. <sighs> so. I am. There's two okay. again that I'm thinking about. Pick the one that I'm not going to pick, or pick the one that I'm going to pick. Uh the Muppet Christmas Carol. That's a good one. I'm not going to lie. Hmm. It was on my board. I probably wasn't going to get to it, but it's a, it's. 
I mean, I can't believe you guys are doing this, man. What do you? Uh, I think we need to we need to clarify mm. that Gerald took the Grinch Jim Carrey version. Yes, I'm taking the Grinch Animated. cartoon version. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. the Grinch cartoon yeah. version is so fucking dope. It's still it's, a classic. Yeah. It's still a classic. I think that's just it's goaded. That's a good pick in the fourth yeah, round. That's a spectacular pick because I was thinking, oh. Were you torn You've taken between the Grinch? Yeah. You know, so okay. Yeah. Um. Wow. So I've got back to back picks to close it out here now. For you. For, to for close yourself. Yeah. For, you, yes. yeah. for myself. Um. Buddy. All right. Uh. Give me Harold and Kumar Christmas. No. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna take Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Mm. Mm, that was a good one. And I'm gonna take Just Friends to close it out. Ooh, Just Friends Just is a Friends. fun. It's a good uh, fifth round. Underrated pick. Christmas movie. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, I have two that I'm choosing between. One of them is a personal selection that I absolutely love, and I, I do watch Elf and this movie with my wife every single year, which is The Holiday. Okay. And The Holiday is great, but, but that's not the one I'm going to take. Okay. The one I'm going to take is a super classic, and it's, it's also one of the best movies of all time. Mm. I'm going to take Gremlins. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so fun fact that this is this is kind of embarrassing for me, but you know the main Mogwai, his name is yeah. Gizmo. Yeah. My nickname as a child was Gizmo <laughs> because my parents said when I was a baby I look like that fucking thing. Did, did, you, have the, did you have the beard to your fuzzy yes. ears? Hold on, hold the on. Big ass Let's ears go. and the big old eyes. To be fair, Gizmo is cute as hell. Gizmo is oh, cute as hell. Oh, yeah. Gizmo and so is Gerald. Absolutely. But that's a goofy-looking baby if I look like yeah, Gizmo. True. I think we now <laughs> need to Saul. Saul, can you uh, call Mrs. Girth and uh, get a uh, baby photo of Gerald now? I know you got the contact after the shirt. So. Okay. I'm just going to round this out. Damn, it's two again. Mm. There's one I love and one I know people will appreciate more. I'm going to go Bad Santa, which isn't the one I, I love, but I know people appreciate that. Uh, I was never really big on it, to be honest. Scrooged yeah. is the one that is one I like, mm. just because, you know, Bill Murray's funny in it. Also, uh, have you guys seen Spirited on uh, yes. Apple Plus? I so, that is shit good? is good. So good. I, I would so take good. it, but not enough people know about it. But that, it's, new. Yeah. it's going yeah. to make it in my Christmas rotation. Yeah, yeah, it was for so sure. good. It was really, really good. It's A little long. Yeah, but, but it's good. But good. It's basically, uh, you know, a, a, a what is it? A Christmas or, or uh, a Christmas carol. A Christmas carol. Yeah. But uh, but in modern times, Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell. How uh, much singing it, it's, is it? It slapped. It, a lot, it's a, a lot, musical, I think. It, there's I, a lot of singing okay. in it, but it's entertaining mm -hmm. singing. It's not, you know, cheesy. It, it, I had a dream that I watched it, but I didn't actually watch it because yeah. I've never seen a trailer, but I enjoyed what I thought I saw. Yeah. So <laughs> that, That's I, why I didn't take it. Not enough yeah. people like Shane have seen it. So. I also got to give a shout out to Home Alone 2 and mm -hmm. A Charlie Brown Christmas, which did not make the list. Also, uh, um, Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. yeah. Another classic. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a Home Alone 2 guy, but we can talk about it after. <laughs> okay. Uh, that nibble says that's supposed to have gone with Scrooged over Bad Santa. I think that's a, a generational thing. Yeah, I think well, it depends on. So is uh, what did what'd you pick? Yeah, I trading places. No, no, the first, so is, the, the first old timey movie you picked. Oh, uh, a, uh, a wonderful life. A wonderful yeah, life. That's a, that's a very yeah, but that one's on, on literally on television every year on on NBC. Like yeah, that but, one's a quintessential Christmas. But like flick, I Scrooge like. is like. You got to go deep into the cable realms. To I, find I've that never seen Scrooge. I'll be honest. He's a TV executive, and it's a Christmas yeah. Carol. It's, okay, I find it funny. So that is our list. We'll let you. I think we'll let people vote. Yeah, we got to. We got to uh, post one of these should, on social. Finally, should we put a poll? Is there is there time to put a poll on YouTube and let's get the the yep, group? Yep. Give me to one vote. second. Yeah, we'll have everybody vote here to see who it is. Uh, guys, are you doing anything? Uh, any Christmas uh, gifts you're hoping to get this year? Maybe our significant others are watching, and we can hint. Uh, <laughs> um, not. I mean, some of that turquoise suns garb would be pretty nice, but um, other than that, just a couple of Switch games I've been trying to play, and nice. Nothing special this year. I see. No, I mean, there's not really anything that I that I feel like I need. You know, I'm 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 getting back in. I'm getting my swing back a little bit, so I've been going to the golf range. So maybe a new range finder or something like that would be would be would be pretty sweet, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe a, a nice set of golf clubs from PXG. 
selfish plug. Um, <laughs> so that'd be cool. But uh, other than that, no, I'm, I'm pretty chill. Yeah, I'm hoping to get uh, you know a round of golf with my dad next week as a uh, as some fun. I I don't get to do that nearly enough, and I'm trying to get back in the golf stuff. And then uh, some crap for my car because I spend so much time in my vehicle that uh, that I love uh, some of that. The poll is well. now live, by the way. Oh, the poll is. You vote who wins right now. Get it in on it uh, in your YouTube uh, viewer right there in the chat. Vote in that, that. I don't know where I was going with it. What? I caught, uh, Jacob. I, got, I got Jacob making weird hand gestures in my peripheral he view. He literally pointed at one of us. He oh, pointed like to the middle space. Yeah. I, just, I just saw something weird going on in my peripheral view and got distracted. Right? Um, so can we bring up the, the list again? I think some yeah, people were. Uh, yeah, one sec. Pop that back up. Um, so I had, <laughs> what did I have? I had Home Alone. The Grinch, Jim Carrey version, <laughs> Christmas Vacation, Rudolph, and Just Friends. So I'll had Elf, A Christmas Story, Nightmare Before Christmas, The Grinch animated version, and Gremlins. Espo had Die Hard, It's a Wonderful Life, Trading Places, Something, and Bad Santa. Oh, Muppet Christmas Carol okay. and Bad Santa. Yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> Eddie says he wants a PS5 for Christmas. So if his significant <laughs> other is watching along with him. Uh, there you go. Look at that. Daniel, very smart, says Team Espo. Uh, I haven't seen. He found the one comment. I haven't seen that, anybody else. <laughs> there was like 15 that said Saul won this by a mile. And right. He was like, ah, Espo. O- Omar says Home Alone by itself won it for Gerald. Uh, Haydot says Gerald for sure selecting Home Alone. So Home Alone, a very popular. Very hey, popular, very popular. chat. We have over 200 people in here and only 36 votes. Oh, Get on, to voting. Smash those it's, vote buttons. There are two people that are close and one person that is not. So the, the only, <laughs> the only, if you lose, the person that loses is only getting coal for Christmas. So if you're in the chat and oh, you want to punish somebody, uh, you can click on anybody but Saul for the vote. So. That's tough. <laughs> I know I'm I will, the last. I'm giving the poll 30 more seconds. If you don't know how to vote, get on your computer. It's on the right hand side. Um, I'm going to predict if Gerald wins. Saul's number two, and I finish a very, very distant third. I picked based on what I like. I wasn't going to pander in this one. That's fair. I didn't. But you're pandering by saying you're not going to pander. Ten. I'm not. I know I'm going to lose. That's not pandering. He's an expert pander. That's not pandering. How many seconds? What are we looking at? And end poll. All right. Saul Saul just hit a three at the buzzer. Saul wins 45 Let's go, baby. We still have it the was, social poll. Relax. It was tied. <laughs> it was tied at 42 for like a good. Oh, was it? Saul and Gerald, I assume. Okay. Yeah, I suppose you had 13% of the votes. Hey, yeah, that's fine. 13% <laughs> of you that's, that's have tough. great taste, and I like that. Lester sa- says, it's okay, Espo. Uh, Bad Santa is okay. You know, I don't have to win them all or any of them for that matter. Guys, uh, another fun episode in the books. We've got a pre and post game tomorrow and that's a home game so gerald will be out at the arena mm-hmm. saul and i'll be here who the hell knows when Lindsay's coming back uh i think eventually well soon Lindsay. <laughs> eventually i think 2023 is what we have uh in the pool I think right maybe now. we're just gonna do something crazy off the top and we're gonna force her to come back <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we're not speaking for a show if until Lindsay she doesn't back. come back she needs to come back to save the show because we're gonna destroy it look if tomorrow. she's not here tomorrow <laughs> we need to get three hundred dollars in super chats and we'll, we'll bring we'll bribe Lindsay to come back <laughs> all right so for gerald borgay you can follow him at gerald borgay on twitter for saul at saul underscore bookman and me at espo remember just because you lose a vote doesn't mean you really lost a vote oh my ahoy God. hoy Who are you Jesus. carrie lakes <laughs> oh.